Brady Saar, and I'm a sales agronomist for CHS Ag Services, Erskine. We're pleased to bring you this update from the Red River Farm Network, CHS Ag Services, providing solutions for your success. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Whitney Pittman along with Randy Conan, and we'll have a report here from Tyler Donaldson. The North Dakota Farmers Union is hosting the Evolution Ag Summit in Jamestown, North Dakota today. Red River Farm Network farm broadcaster Tyler Donaldson is on site with this story. Speaking with NDFU Government Relations Director Matt Perdue. The topic for this year's uh, summit is a focus on sustainability and moving towards greener production. What does the shift towards sustainable uh, production mean for NDFU and how do you guys view your role uh, with helping farmers achieve the, those goals? So I, I think we start here. This is a trend, this trend, this push for sustainability is a trend impacting food and ag markets. And that means that producers have a decision to make. They have to decide whether they're going to participate in something or whether or not. And, of course, all of the decisions that branch out from that. Our goal here today is to help them make the best decision for their operation. There are opportunities out there. There are challenges. Let's learn about them and let producers leave with good information to make better decisions for their operation. Great. Um, so what are some of those opportunities? I know there's a push for renewable aviation fuels. Are there any others that you guys are seeing or hearing about? So the renewable fuels market, I mean, that's a really prominent one. We've seen the development in uh, renewable diesel. We see sustainable aviation fuel. Um, but there's, there's opportunities for producers of all types, right? And so we're going to hear today from um, some companies that are offering carbon inset opportunities where, you know, you're selling uh, your corn to the buyer, um, and they're going to give you additional credit for growing that corn in a sustainable way. And so I think we're seeing a lot more movement around those types of programs. Anything else we should be talking about or that we should be sharing with the greater ag community? No, I think, you know, I think this is a really important topic. I think it's important for producers to come and learn. Again, we have decisions to make, right? And so producers need to understand what the economic implications of deciding to or deciding not to participate are for their operation. What are the next steps then? Yeah, so next steps, we obviously have uh, several more sessions here today, so there's a lot more content there. We are going to be having a post-event webinar where folks can ask additional questions. Um, folks can register for that at ndfu.org slash evolutionag. I think people will walk away from this event with good questions to ask of the next person that shows up and says, hi, I'd like to sign you up for a carbon credit program. That's NDFU Government Relations Director Matt Perdue. For the Red River Farm Network, I'm Tyler Donaldson. The Red River Farm Network continues to celebrate National FFA Week. North Dakota FFA State Reporter Annalise Rauschenberger says being a state officer comes with a lot of responsibility. We help out with contests such as district leadership and career development events, leadership development events, and um, we do a lot of chapter visits and speak at banquets during the spring. So those are some things that I'm really excited about. And I'm just really grateful for this opportunity, and it's helped increase my leadership skills a lot. And I just really love meeting all the members throughout the state. The FFA organization holds opportunity for students of all backgrounds. Even if you don't come from a farm family or any sort of agriculture background, FFA is such a good opportunity. I had such a fun time in FFA, and I've learned so much in my egg classes. Um, my egg classes and my participation in FFA career development events led to my choice of career, and you just meet 
so many friends. There are scholarship opportunities and fun conferences. There's just so many opportunities, and FFA has something for everyone. And our FFA coverage celebrating National FFA Week is brought to you by Nutrien and Proceed. Warmer weather and reduced snowfall in Minnesota has farmers wondering what the spring warm-up might be like. University of Minnesota soil, water, and climate professor Jeffrey Strzok says the focus should be on the water equivalent. So far, the Southwest Research and Outreach Center has received more than double last year's 4.6 inches of snow and rain, which could indicate favorable soil moisture conditions for early planting if the current trend holds. New tools are available for producers to help make management decisions with weather data. USDA Midwest Climate Hub Director Dennis Toddy joined the University of Minnesota Extension CropCast to highlight how farmers can utilize the soil temperature climatology. We didn't in the Midwest have a regional soil temperature climatology of understanding when we hit 50, first time we hit 50 in the spring for soil temperatures and the first time you hit 50 on the way down in the fall. So we worked with the Midwestern Regional Climate Center out of Purdue and said, here's what I want to do. They identified a data set that worked across the region, and we rolled that out this fall on their website. So you can now see the dates when we, we often or usually hit those 50-degree temperatures and freezing in the spring and the fall so that people can start to look and see how those are changing and plan those activities out uh, from a soil management perspective. The second lesser-known program is the historic freeze dates, which have been changing. So you can go now down to a county level anywhere in the upper Midwest or Northeast and see on average when we hit various temperature levels, 40, 32, 28, 24, 20, I think is the different ones we look at in the spring and the fall. You can see how the trend of those is going since 1950. So you can look at a longer term trend, you can look at a shorter term trend, and then see how the season length is changing overall. Because we are getting, especially in Minnesota, northern Minnesota, this longer growing season, earlier spring freeze, last later fall freeze, that is opening up some opportunity to do some different things or at least think about managing different ways longer varieties, whatever. The North American Meat Institute, which is the largest trade organization for U.S. meat packers, has signed a memorandum of understanding with its counterparts in Mexico and Canada to improve trade. The groups agreed to work together to address foreign animal diseases, especially African swine fever. Reducing technical trade barriers and sustainability are also shared interests for the three trade groups. To reduce debt, Bayer is amending its dividend policy for investors. The blame is being put on debt, interest rates, and a challenging cash flow situation. Last month, Bayer announced job cuts. Bloomberg reporting the proposal to separate Bayer's pharmaceutical and agricultural business units is being delayed while it goes through an internal reorganization. This is the Red River Farm Network. Tuesday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. South American weather continues to be favorable for growing crops. Central and southeastern Brazil will be the wettest today through Thursday with rains spreading into south-central Brazil Friday and Saturday. Rains will return to southern Brazil Sunday through next Tuesday. One to two inches of rain is expected over much of Brazil with a few localized areas receiving up to three inches. Argentina is expected to see a good mix of rain and sunshine over the next few weeks, maintaining favorable crop conditions. Top third, Ag Marketing Senior Risk Manager Ed Dugan expects South American crop estimates to remain fairly steady. 
just think, you know, we're going to be limited, uh, limited input from anything. I think, uh, obviously, South American weather, Brazil's 35% harvested in beans, probably 60% planted on, on second corn crop. Argentina looks to be dry through the balance of the week with another system coming in the end of the week. But we've probably seen, you know, I don't, I don't know that we're going to see a number lower than 147 for Brazilian beans. So that's, that's kind of in line with, with where most analysts are. The USDA is much higher than that, but most analysts, most privates are in the, you know, mid 140s, 145 to 149, somewhere in that area. Paradigm Futures market analyst Kent Beadle says the grains are showing some life today. There are, there are a number of things going on. We did have an announcement of some uh, some daily uh, sales uh, from the USDA. We had uh, uh, some meal sold into the Philippines. Uh, we had uh, some um, some new crop corn uh, was announced uh, into Japan. Uh, so those are those are good things. Now the trade was wondering if the Chinese might show up this morning because uh, they were on holiday last week and with the with the lower commodity prices some speculation that they might be buying um, they did not show up on this morning's report so there was a little bit of a disappointment there Bennett consulting owner Matt Bennett says traders are adding a little weather premium into the winter wheat markets and doing some light short covering in the soybean market I think a big part of what's going on here to start the week uh, dollars pretty weak actually as we get started uh, first of all and second of all I mean these markets are just so oversold uh, funds have been sell 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 uh, for the last several weeks and I think uh, you know whenever you get to some of these levels especially on corn you know you're talking 310 315,000 uh, contracts short you know uh, there's going to be some short covering here and there talks of a little bit of dry weather uh, maybe some heat coming into Brazil uh, those types of discussions, I think, may be, make people just a little bit nervous when they're so excessively short. Basis bins at the regional grain elevators, followed by the Red River Farm Network, are mostly unchanged from a week ago. Finley, North Dakota, has moved its spring wheat basis to the May contract, and Eulen, Minnesota, has moved all of their grain basis to the May futures contracts. Cash spring wheat prices range from $5.87 to $6.58 per bushel. Cash corn prices range from $3.65 to $4.05 a bushel. And soybean cash prices range from $10.77 to $11.15 per bushel. USDA's weekly export inspections report, delayed by one day due to the President's Day holiday, shows corn inspections of 918,000 metric tons during the week ending February 20th. That's 3% more than the previous week and 47% more than the same week last year. Soybean inspections at 1.18 million metric tons are down 12% from the previous week, 25% less than a year ago. Wheat inspections at 381,000 tons are 7% less than the previous week, but 2% more than last year. For the marketing year, corn inspections are 32% ahead of last year's pace, soybean inspections down 23%, and wheat inspections are 18% less than a year ago. Crop Life America has named Alexandra Dunn as its new president and chief executive officer. Most recently, Dunn was the Baker Botts LLP interna international law firm where she worked on pesticide issues, water quality, and environmental justice. From 2019 to 2021, Dunn was the assistant administrator in the EPA Office of Chemical Safety and Pollution Prevention. 
Chris Novak was the president CEO for Crop Life America for five years before parting ways with the organization last fall. Reporting agriculture's business, you're listening to the Red River Farm Network. Good afternoon. Welcome to Inside Agriculture on the Red River Farm Network. The Minnesota Cattlewomen will be hosting their next event in the in the 360 series this weekend. Past President Michelle Mosier says the session will cover ways of dealing with brain injuries. This one is called Cattlewomen to Cattlewomen Matters of the Mind. And so we are looking at our brain health from mental health to actual brain injury. And Dr. Michael Hennis is a functional neurologist and he will be our morning speaker for that day. His topic is invisible injuries, what you can't see can hurt you. Most have not heard of a functional neurologist or functional neurology, but if you have had a brain injury in the past or are currently dealing with symptoms from a brain injury, functional neurology takes your symptoms and helps your brain find new pathways to healing. The event will also focus on mental health and other issues. Visiting with one of our cattle women about Parkinson's and then finishing up with Emily Kreckelberg um, with uh, our mental health. The goal of this is just awareness, hope, and just resources for all of us who's been affected by something of our mind. Visit our website, mncattlewomen.org, and, um, and click under the events, and you will see the upcoming event this Saturday, February 24th. We're down in Elysian, Minnesota, just east of Mankato, and you can register there. Registration is $50 for members and $60 for non-members. We do have a virtual option. Taking a look at markets before we leave you, Minneapolis, March wheat, 12 and a quarter higher at 667 May 11 and a half higher at 667 as well. Chicago wheat 24 and a quarter higher at 584 and a half. Kansas City 19 and a quarter higher at 586 and a half. Corn March futures three and a quarter higher at 419 and a half. July corn three and three quarters higher at 444. March soybeans five and a half higher at 1177 and three quarters. May soybeans five and three quarters higher at 1182. Canola, or canola in Winnipeg at $7.20 a metric ton higher at 584.60 Canadian live cattle April futures 2 cents lower at 187.52 June live cattle 37 cents higher at 183.20 March feeder cattle 50 cents higher at 251.52 April feeder cattle $2.10 higher at 255.67 April lean hogs 50 cents higher at 85.72 This is the Red River Farm Network.